drop of megalomania, touch of generosity, a dash of self-promotion. All right, hello and welcome to episode number nine of the At U2 podcast, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of At U2 and guests, friends of the site. For this episode, we have got, once again, back back from hiatus, Mr. Matt McGee. Hello, Matt. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm well, and we've also got Sherry on, last-minute recruit. Hey, this is my penance for saying that we uh, tied up Matt last week. <laughs> my, yeah. ears, my ears were burning last Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> well, and uh, Matt may have been actually listening. I, don't, I can't remember if you were listening at that point, but at some point you tuned in live. For those of you who aren't aware, we are actually streaming this live as we record it out to the internet at goodstuff.fm slash live. There's a little chat room that we have going on the old-fashioned IRC network thing. Um, and so if throughout the recording of the show, if we are stumped by something or maybe uh, say something um, a little bit odd and someone might respond in the chat room, which is just text that we're reading as we're chatting, as we're doing the podcast, that's what's going on. And so um, you're welcome to tune in live. We record typically Wednesday nights at... Time zones screw me up. 10.30 p.m. Eastern. What was it? 7.30 Pacific. Yep. 8.30 in Saskatoon, where I am. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> Sherry, I don't know. Any other time zones we need to cover? Uh, not at the moment. Whatever Dublin time zone is, in case Adam Bono want to tune in at some point, I guess. But Well, then that would be at about 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> the night is young for them. Yeah. <laughs> They're just waking up. We have somebody in the chat room actually from Dublin. Uh where are we? Mad Dog 738 says he's from Dublin or she's from Dublin um, and Midnight in Rio de Janeiro. So we got the whole world is listening as we record. So you're welcome to tune in. If you follow the at, at YouTube Twitter handle or Good Stuff FM Twitter handle, we'll tweet out when we go live. But like we said, typically Wednesday nights at those times that I said earlier. Um, I think we need to just jump right in because we've got lots of stuff to cover for this Tons. episode. And so let's get right into the inbox. Uh, we have... A ton of questions from folks, so which is awesome to get, be getting and keep sending them in. We said during the pre-show, we're going to probably do an episode here in the future where it's just all ask at you two questions so we can get through the backlog to get to your questions because there's lots of good, fun things, fun topics you guys are sending in. So we'll start it off here um, from the first one. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? At Obiwaduan. Obaduan? Obi, anyways, Streets is often the highlight of a U2 show. How is the U2 IE Tour version compared with previous tours? Is there room for improvement? And I picked this one first because I know Matt had some Streets issues with, that we've discussed in previous episodes. And how has it changed for you over the course of the tour? You know, the um, the song itself, I mean, the like the band's performance of it has been, you know, fantastic for me. And it's, it's always been my favorite song. Uh, um, the... What I think that the issue for me and for some other folks that we've chatted with in the past uh, has been is that it sort of doesn't have the buildup and the lead-in, or I should say on the North American tour, it didn't have the buildup and the lead-in that you sort of usually expect and get with it uh, that you've had on past tours, like on Pop Mart Tour when there was you know, the please segue into streets and on the elevation tour, sometimes it was bad going into streets. And it's just this, you know, completely epic, you know, 10 minute segment of the show or, or 12 minute segment of the show, depending upon what it was. And on, so on this, on the first leg, it was just streets came after, you know, there was two or three minutes of, of chat and then that slow, um, 
Mother and Child reunion song, which, you know, I have to confess I've never been familiar with. So it just didn't have the whole, you know, the energy. And so that's what what was lacking for me. But from what I've heard now on this European tour where it's Bullet the Blue Sky and then Zuropa and then into Streets and it's just this, you know, this, you know, 15-minute medley kind of thing, um, it's, I mean it sounds phenomenal over the streams that I've heard and just, just, so how that, so uh, just across the course of the tour, um, uh, you know, I think it's, it's dramatically different, uh, you know, just in those first couple shows that we've heard in Europe. Yeah. I forget what you tweeted, Matt, that first show in Turin, the, when they did that segue, um, and I remember, I don't remember exactly what you tweeted, but basically, I know what I tweeted. <laughs> Is it safe? I think Matt's wife knows what he tweeted. <laughs> yeah. I said, um, I said, bullet into Zuropa, into streets. That's it. I'm going to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's which I guess to, to answer the question, it has improved. <laughs> it certainly has. Yes. <laughs> Sherry, how about for you? Well, it's really interesting because um, I agree with Matt's uh, take on streets for the first leg of um, Innocence and Experience, but you know, not being in the venue to. Uh, uh, Feel it firsthand. When I first heard it in uh, um, on leg two in Turin, it 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 um, lost the joy, you know, it lost the bounce, bounce, bounce factor because it was coming out of such heavy material from um, from what they had presented from um, October into Bullet into Zuropa and then into Streets that I was actually a little disillusioned by it all and uh, quite depressed um, after the first night. And I actually had a hard time sleeping that night. Um, but then listening to it, uh, play out again uh, the second night in Turin, um, it took us, um, the uh, uh, gal behind the Twitter handle, KNOWWAIT, uh, that's K underscore N-O-W underscore W-A-I-T-E, where um, she wrote, Bullet brings the anger, Zuropa brings the despair, Streets brings the hope, Pride brings the we can do this. And, and that really helped me sort of um, work through the heaviness of what the band is now uh, uh, using streets for within this new Heart of Darkness piece with the Innocence and Experience tour. So I still don't feel the the whole bounce, 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 but it's certainly taken on a new personality. Um, I don't think that it's any better or any worse. It's just different. Um, so I think that uh, um, Streets continues to be used very strategically across the tours. And uh, um, I'll still state that my favorite version of Streets was from Popmark because it had uh, all that additional drumming from, from Larry. Because <laughs> he's your favorite U2 member. Oh, he's so dreamy. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd get that out there in case. For, for podcast trivia, anyways, for someday. Um, all right, the next question is from Steve Doza, Steve underscore Doza. Is this current connection with fans, social media, meeting fans outside venues, going to continue beyond this tour? Any thoughts, guys? I hope so. Yeah, that's exactly what Steve said. Hashtag hope so. <laughs> Which, yeah, I think all of us would hope so. They've they've done, like the meeting the fans outside the venue isn't new, right? That's, that's fairly common from past tours. Or are they doing something different with that this year or this tour? I think... I think what they're doing different is is uh, Larry's popping out a lot more often. Yeah, he was normally the most elusive one, and mm -hmm. uh, the, he's out there more often than Bono. Right. Interesting. 
Yeah, I I think, uh, and I think it will. I think um, I think some of it might be. I don't know. I think some of it might be um, the Guy Osiri influence, and I, you know, I have no idea. But you know, he's he's been he's been he talked. Sherry, didn't he talk early on, uh, or say, somebody say something where he was? I mean, he sort of has a reputation as being, you know, a little more interested in the social aspect of things. Certainly, look, you know, I love Paul McGinnis, but. <laughs> nobody, nobody could be less interested in the socialist stuff than Paul McGinnis was. So it's not it, the bar was set pretty low for Guy to jump over. But I just I wonder if his influence is part of this this sort of you know the the different stuff we've seen because it's not just it's not just the visiting with fans outside the venue before the show, but. You know, there was them coming to that event in New York City on July 29th that we're not allowed to mention. There was, you I, know, there, take a drink. I don't recall that night at all. <laughs> there was, there, there was, you know, them doing the uh, the podcast with the two Scots. I mean, they, there, there's, there's been they did the the Song Exploder podcast too. I mean, they've done the, uh, you know, a handful of things that just, you know, I don't think they would have done on past tours. Yeah, and so the the. At some point, we've talked about this before, like their contract running out or whatever, and you know they go back to being an indie band of some sort. And then I guess we'll find out then if it's like uh, their handlers are making them do this stuff, or they actually genuinely have enjoyed it and want to keep doing it. Like I mean, not that it's, not to say they don't enjoy doing it, but just whether it's a thing they decide to keep doing, because it seems like they legitimately seem to have fun with it, and, and even getting into the act of taking pictures and posting them on Instagram, you know. S- scary steps into social media but <laughs> they're doing it so it's awesome yeah um okay next question uh at not mason merit asked do you think people have the power and the fly have the sorry i'll pronounce that properly do you think people have the power and the fly will be replaced in their pre-show and intermission spots for europe i included this one just because not to say hey uh, not mason merit you you're wrong because we know now but just as a matter of discussion and including the question because we know now obviously that is not the case, right? Well, you know, they, they've, I think for each of the shows so far, they've started with People Have the Power as the lead-in song. But I don't think that means that it's necessarily going to be that way every night. I think, um, I think you know, just from the interview that we did with Willie Williams, it sounds to me that they look at this as very much a... Uh, a malleable and a changeable production, and will I mean he even said that that they have uh, two more intermission videos that they plan to work in at some point, so we know that's going to be different eventually um, but yeah, I mean I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 uh, people have the power also gets you know replaced eventually by something I don't know what. Yeah, and I'll put a link to the at you two that interview with um, Willie Williams that you had uh, that you post on at you for folks who haven't seen it yet. There's some interesting little insights and um, peeks behind the curtain a little bit of the tour. So, uh, next question: Hick you two asks, "Will Mercy ever be released? Any thoughts on other songs that we know about that you would like to see released? North Star is one that I would love for them to release." Well, Mercy has been released, hasn't it? Wasn't it on the um, Wide Awake in Europe um, limited edition vinyl? Uh, that was something where the song took on a slightly different form um, from what was originally leaked. Um, North Star, I believe, is is um, still being tossed about for um, future 
um, recording either for songs of experience or should God forbid one day songs of ascent actually show up, um, it might be on there too. Yeah, I've actually I'm trying to remember if I've ever actually heard a North Star. Is something that was teased or leaked audio wise, or just lyric and and album, you know, or track listing somewhere. They it's played on, it. It's they on pl- YouTube. Yeah, they played it live, uh, you know, probably four or five times. And you could go to tours.atu2.com slash song slash north hyphen star and look that up really quickly if somebody wanted to. Um, They played it a handful of times on the 360 tour. And then didn't it also make an appearance in, what was it, one of the Transformers movies? Yes. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. That's why I didn't hear it. (laughs) Yeah. No offense. I love Transformers, but just didn't see the latest couple movies. <laughs> All right. Um, in uh, sorry, at Stibe asks in Sweden, we hope that the troubles won't be gone from the set list. We expect a live performance together with Lykelia, which I'm guessing. Lykelia. Lykelia. There you go. Lykelia. Thanks. Is that a band? No, that's the gal that sings. That's you really oh. are. You are really are struggling <laughs> with your Twitter usernames, aren't you? You should be like stumping me. I'm getting stumped just by the normal YouTube stuff going on. It's, it's like Chris sees an, an at in front of a name and just starts <laughs> my to brain panic. shuts down. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> right, of course, the vocalist who's on the song. <laughs> right, who is also um, managed by Maverick. Oh, interesting. So then there's even more. Likely. And who is and who right and who is Swedish as I understand so that's why they are saying in Sweden we hope I, I mean I don't know I I mean I'd be cautious about using the phrase we expect a live performance <laughs> <laughs> together with Licky Lee that I mean I don't know that I'd go into the walk into the venue expecting it but that would certainly be very cool I I think that would be uh, uh, you know something really cool for if it were to happen at any of the shows you know just something that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see too. I love that song. I think that's a really cool song, and I'm feel very fortunate that I saw it um, twice. I think at the shows I went to in North America. Nice. You have to check tours.at.u2.com to to find out for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do. Found my fan profile on tours.at.u2.com. So. There we go. All right, uh, last question. Fabio Nomad asks, why not use the Beth and Bono YouTube tattoo project to have one of the at YouTube members have a tattoo film for a future chat which I, i'm pretty sure we started a kickstarter campaign for matt didn't we i thought we all agreed to do that um i'll have to find the link <laughs> <laughs> amazingly enough uh uh we still don't have any uh donations for that yet <laughs> <laughs> if we start with anyways the tattoo we can start with the tattoo design maybe folks can send in uh you know submissions of what they think matt should have tattooed uh, and we might let him choose where, but uh, we'll start with... Look, 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 look. look. I Let's... think it's the at symbol would be perfect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> look, let's get something straight, okay? I love you guys, and I love you too, but my marriage will fall apart if I get a tattoo. <laughs> so that is not happening. <laughs> well, we can work your wife's name in there somewhere, like... You know, no, 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 We cannot work any names into any tattoo on my person. Sure, is so this how you get fired? <laughs> is this how this works? No, so, no, no. How you get fired is when I pick up the phone and call Carrie and say, you love bad boys, right? Bad boys have tattoos. Do you want oh Matt to be gosh. a bad boy? That's how you get fired. <laughs> All right, so the tattoo project might be on hold. We'll we'll take it offline and see if we can get 
convinced. We have we have people on our staff already with tattoos who would probably love oh, one more. Jill, so, Jill has. Jill tattoos. would jump on that in a heartbeat. Sure. So we got it. Sorry, we just signed Jill up. She's she's the she's the uh, lead on that project. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put. Aaron, uh, uh, add that to the staff weekly list. Right. We'll put a link to the YouTube Tattoo Project again in case you haven't seen seen it. We talked to them on episode seven, I want to say, I think a couple episodes back uh, about that. Um, and uh, and a great project and very cool project if you go check out the site and all the different tattoos that Matt won't be getting on his, <laughs> his uh, person. So that's uh, that wraps up the inbox for this episode. But like I said, we've got lots. We, we are definitely have heard your questions. Of course, anything that's sort of related to like pre-European tour stuff that we didn't get to, we probably won't cover that because it doesn't make a lot of sense now to sort of pontificate about <laughs> the, the uh, what's going to happen in Europe, uh, that kind of thing. But please feel free to keep sending in questions. Use the hashtag ask at you too, and they are getting cataloged and we will do an episode and hopefully feature your question on a future episode. We appreciate all the questions that have been sent in, of course. All right, for the roundtable discussion, we thought, uh, which is is great that Sherry's able to join us. So it's a little more of a round table because instead of just Matt and I shouting at each other, uh, we have the Ireland tour dates and plans was the big announcement. And then obviously we also want to talk about the review sort of of the European tour opener. But the big news that I know, judging by the amount of emails going back and forth within the at U2 staff with regards to the uh, U2 announcement of what did they say? Bringing it home. U2's Innocence and Experience European Tour will finish with six home shows in Ireland, two shows in Belfast on the 18th and 19th of November, and four shows in Dublin on the 23rd and 24th, 27th, 28th of November. So, first of all, um, Sherry, have you bought your plane ticket already? Uh, uh, We were actually pricing out flights uh, not too long ago. We have family in England, so we're going to uh, uh, do a little family visit over there, um, drop off the kids, and God willing, uh, hightail it to Dublin. That's our our dream anyway. We'll see if it becomes a reality within the next 96 hours. (laughs) And Matt, how about you? Uh, I continue. <laughs> I've actually got a hotel room booked. Um, it's refundable, uh, in, in, just in case. But um, I have a blessing from my wife and family to go because it's over Thanksgiving, and I don't have so I don't, I don't have to get time off from work because I'm already off then. So that works out conveniently. And um, yeah, I'm looking at airfares. I may have looked at airfare ten or twelve times today already. <laughs> <laughs> and just so p- folks maybe a little bit behind the scenes uh view that as the new guy on on uh the at u2 staff the level of um u2 fandom that maybe you've experienced in your life is sort of amped up to 11 when when you go behind the scenes with the at u2 staff because like before anything was even announced people were buying hotel rooms and plane tickets yeah, if i'm not maybe not true. plane tickets but definitely was close to that and which is like i'm not saying that i think i can we can safely say that here and people would be in admiration not in mocking <laughs> that I idea think the pl- i mean the planning started about two weeks or so ago right when when the rumors started to started to fly that's when our our internal staff list people are like well should we just start booking hotel rooms now well yes you know book hotel rooms now and make sure it's refundable and you know guess at the dates so yeah we it was that's funny you should mention that chris because i would love to get i would love <laughs> to hear 
like what it's like for new people joining the staff. That's that's interesting that, yeah. that you that you made that comment. <laughs> well, like I said, I tweeted this after the fact, but like the very one of the first things that happened after I joined was uh, the YouTube party or that YouTube party that we're not going to mention, and. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. I could have gone to that. And then realizing that if I had gone, I would have seen Edge and Adam up close with 400 other sweaty YouTube fans. Um, and yeah, that was like my introduction to being... So the bar has been set pretty high for whatever happens next. But no, I won't hold you to that exactly. But but yeah, it's, uh, it's I think for, for me, meeting just a little bit of a personal thing, it's, it's awesome to be able to meet and chat with YouTube fans. And that's why I've loved doing this podcast so much, um, both chatting with the folks from at YouTube on the show, but then also getting to meet so many of the fans through um, Twitter and stuff and, and following and chatting on, on Twitter. Um, it's kind of like, like I knew they were out there, but I just never really sought them out before and kind of felt somewhat isolated in my YouTube fandom. I'm, I'm the YouTube fan nerd in, in my family and friends or whatever like i'm sure most of you are (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and so it's 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 kind of just fun to stumble into this little family so and very welcoming amen but that's one of the the intriguing things about this particular um set of dates in ireland because the whole show at the heart of it it's their hometown you know yeah um so so even for me, this is, and I've said it across many other platforms uh, uh, across our site and, and and elsewhere, this is my bucket list. This is my Hajj, so to speak. And so for 27 years, I've been a fan. I've never seen them in Ireland. Last time I was in um, uh, Dublin, we, we, we did the... Um, the uh, driving tour around Cedarwood Road. We went up to Houth. We we did Northside. We we did the whole walk around Dandelion Market area. All of that other stuff. And the and the only other time that I had um, that was in 2004. The only other time that I was in Ireland was in 1999, and my um, husband had uh, proposed to me on Grafton Street. Um, and, Aww. and so just, what a sweetheart. <laughs> just just before that, we we were walking through St. Stephen's Green, and this was uh, right around Valentine's Day, and that was my Bono sighting. I saw him leave the mall area with his entourage of um, Gavin and Googie. Um, he crossed the street, and it looked like um, um, either the scene out of the Fly video where he's just crossing and nobody's doing anything or it could also uh, look like um, St. Patrick chasing the snakes out because the line behind him, everybody was was freaking following him and I felt bad for him. I'm like, he can't even get his wife a, a, a Valentine's Day card without having half of Dublin freaking following him. <laughs> so anyway, so we went back to the place where we were staying and at that point the band, they were um, filming uh, uh, rather, um, um, it wasn't the band filming, but a million dollar hotel was being filmed and all over the internet, people were playing the where's Bono game. Isn't he in LA at the, at the, um, uh, um, at the production and people assumed he was in, in the States. So, so I log on, I'm like, hi everybody. I'm in Dublin. Just saw Bono got engaged, got to go because back then you had to pay through the nose for internet. And so, um, and so, 
the responses I got was, oh, you're in Dublin? Oh, you saw Bono? Hey, wait a minute. You just said you got engaged? <laughs> so um, so um, between that and my family's Irish roots, I, I, I've got a connection there. But for me, getting to be in that atmosphere is is second only to seeing you two in Boston on St. Patrick's Day in 92. It is going to be one of those types of 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 um energy zones where if you are a U2 fan and you need to feel that energy the whole city is just going to be thriving and so from what i've heard and what i've read from when they've done slain and they've done croak and they've done all those other areas now granted you're talking tens of uh, um um thousands if not over 100,000 people for that these shows are so tiny you know you're going to have what at most 11,000 people in three arena on any given night this is going back to 89 um um and which was the last time that they had played an arena in Ireland. So the specialness and, and, and everything surrounding it, um, it's just going to be one of those moments where, where you've got to live it. So I'm, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I don't care. I'm going ticket or not. I'm going. Nice. That would actually be a good segment we'll have to do for the show at some point is, uh, you know, your Bono or Edge or Adam or Larry sighting outside of maybe the concert venue, but some sort of other uh, a story like that that everybody maybe has in some form. Um, oh, yeah. I, we actually have a connection then, Sherry, because I was engaged in Ireland as well. So in Wicklow, Ooh. but not in Dublin. But so there you go. We have a shared history a couple of years before you. But other than that, we're something about getting engaged there, I guess. And you two fans. Um, all right. I lost my doc. There we go. The um, I just wanted to mention someone in the chat room while we were chatting asked, um, there's a I think they had submitted a question about favorite U2 spots in Dublin to visit before the concerts. We'll definitely get to that question, and we just didn't have time to prep for that for this episode, but we'll, we'll do that. If you have favorite spots you want to recommend for fans who are going, send them in on the Ask at U2 hashtag, and we'll cover that on a future episode, definitely before the concert, and uh, give you plenty of time to prep for it. Um, Matt, any qu- comments on ordering tickets and stuff like that? It feels like this is kind of like a unique thing and it's an extra t- spot on stop on the tour that fans should know about. And especially if they're subscribers of youtube.com, what they should be looking for and doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around how it's going to work and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and right now the, the place to go is youtube.com slash help which is where they've posted some frequently asked questions about the shows and that was updated a couple hours ago, uh, as far as I understand. Um, and Ticketmaster also published a frequently asked questions with extra information. And so it just, I, I think it's, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, as Sherry was just saying, it's, you know, usually when they play Ireland, they do stadiums, you know, 80,000 people per show and they do three or four shows. And they sell out, so 250,000 people. And here they're doing you know, four in Dublin, two in Belfast, and very small venues. This is going to be, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of sad fans on Friday, Thursday and Friday, trying the presale, and then Monday during the public sale. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that Cherry is. I'm... I'm Assume, you know, I'm thinking if I go, I may not have a ticket with me at that point. But I, you know, I'm just in the, I'm a big believer that you know where there's a will, there's a way, and I've never once not been able to get a ticket to go to a show that I needed to see. So 
I think I, 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 I just I, I'm just I'm I'm afraid for what's going to happen over these next you know these next five or six days just because it's going to be such a high demand ticket and. I'm not confident that Ticketmaster's website's going to survive. I, you know, it's just, I just, there's no app this time as far as I understand. I don't, like the Ticketmaster app that I have on my phone is just for North American Ticketmaster from what I understand. I don't think that's going to work for Ticketmaster.ie. It's a separate entity. So, yeah, it's going to be, wow, is it going to be a tough ticket to get and, um, it's going to be an adventure, but you know what? At the same time, as one of our, I think Aaron Govern or maybe Donald on our staff list said today, as tough as as a tough as this ticket's going to be, let's keep in mind that in 1989, you had to get in line four days in advance and stay outside the venue four days in advance if you wanted a shot at one of those Point Depot tickets. So. I'm not going to complain if I'm sitting here in my house, <laughs> right? you know, in a nice, comfortable 72-degree room, tapping away at my computer. <laughs> I might bang the desk a couple times. There might be a four-letter word here or there, but that's going to be it. I'm just, and I'm just going to remind myself, you know what? Thank God it's not the Point Depot in 1989, and I don't have to wait outside for a week. So That, to me, you bring up, like, talking Dublin stuff. That, to me, is still the the concert that I listen to so many times over and over and over and is, like, ingrained in my brain of, of uh, like, sort of the, the fandom or the, the excitement over U2 in Ireland in their hometown. And I'm sure there's other concerts, too, that are, are great as well. But that one, just for whatever reason, I think I got it off a of bootleg somewhere at some point and hard to get back in the day before the internet was what it is. Yeah. Um, the, those were great. The, yeah, those are great shows. And, 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 and two things. Well, number one, just real quick, in the chat, uh, Mad Dog 738 just said there is a Ticketmaster Ireland app. So that's awesome. So I think we all need to go download that pronto. Do it before. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sooner the better. Set up an account, the whole nine yards. Um, and then two, just to piggyback on what you were just saying, Chris, and what Sherry said earlier, um, it's, I mean, it absolutely is. It's, it's not just you two playing Ireland, but it's you two playing Ireland indoors and in a very tiny venue. And it's, I have to think it's the last chance we're ever going to have to to experience that because it you know the next tour every time you know it makes more sense in Ireland for them to play stadiums and especially when they get to the point where they're doing like a final tour god forbid or a goodbye tour you know that's going to be a stadium show it's not going to be in a tiny little thing so that's my that's my attitude towards this too is that this is probably the last time I'm going to ever get a chance to see you know you two in Ireland in a small venue, and I did see them in Ireland on the Pop Mart tour, and it was a religious experience. It was incredibly emotional to be there in that stadium and hear those songs and know that those songs were formed, you know, just a mile or two up the road at the studio, or they were written over here about this, you know, about this thing. And it was just, it, just to put all that together and be in that city was just, it was just like I said, it was incredibly emotional throughout the whole show. And so everybody that's remotely thinking about going to these shows, look, I know I'm making it harder to get tickets, but <laughs> if you're remotely thinking about going to these shows, you really should, um, you know, give it your all because it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's that special. It, yeah. It should, it should be noted that, um, hot press a few hours ago put up a uh, article saying Ticketmaster issues rules of engagement for you two Dublin and <laughs> Belfast fans. Okay. The statement says 
that no cash will be accepted as transaction is a paperless one, debit and credit card payments only. Um, all general admission standing tickets for these events are paperless, and the credit card used to make the purchase must be presented on the show night to gain entry. Um, there will be no tickets available from Ticketmaster outlets or call center. Tickets will be limited to two per purchase. Queuing at the box offices at Three Arena will not be allowed before 6 p.m. on Sunday, September 13th. Um, so for more information, fans are asked to check Ticketmaster.e, uh, rather Ticketmaster.ie slash U2FAQ. So then you bounce over to U2.com where it says, if you've already purchased two tickets with a pre-sale code for earlier U2IE tour shows, you are not eligible for the pre-sale. So it's, um, you know, if... If you've got a lottery ticket, this is going. You're you're probably going to end up winning Powerball uh, 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 more often than getting a U2 ticket. <laughs> and and I and I just want to, for the record, just weigh in with with a, a quick opinion too that I think the way they are going about this is absolutely the right way to do it. I mean, I agree. Some you know, I we got it. We got an email sent to the news at at U2 address today from a fan. Might be somebody that's listening now. Who knows. Um, but this person was very upset that, uh, as someone who just subscribed to youtube.com within the last day or so, that he is not going to be eligible for the presale and he didn't think that was fair and all this sort of stuff. And I just, they're in such a difficult position with having only, you know, you know, this, this, these four shows, these six shows and such incredible demand and all the different ways they could go about, you know, figuring out who is eligible for the pre-sales and all this stuff. I just think it's completely fair that the Irish fans get it for 24 hours or so on the first day, then the rest of us get a chance at the pre-sale, and then the public sale starts Monday. I, I think, you know, I just, you know, thumbs up to the way it's, it's gone about. Not everybody's going to be happy, but it would be impossible for them to make everybody happy with this. Yeah, short of doing like a, what, 15, 20-night stand. <laughs> of concerts or something right exactly. that's the only way and by then i mean yeah you're dealing with exhausted band members and crew but and that's where i think people often forget and i forget this too like that like i was saying earlier about finding the u2 fans online and you everybody i think uh you sort of think like u2 is my band and and not that you own them in any way but that where they i think in the band's mind they are an irish band still and that's their hometown that's their home country and and that's who they're going to be living with when they're not a band anymore and right, exactly. you know it is still that's special as special as it is being in new york as in boston as in if they ever came to saskatoon <laughs> <laughs> dublin is their home and that's yeah i think you got to sort of respect that um but it is an important notes like as far as becoming a youtube member youtube.com member in the hopes of getting pre-sale tickets and stuff like that that they do have that um um sort of whatever, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Holdover where you can't buy tickets um, on that right away. Does anybody know what the sort of grace period is for that or how that works? Well, uh, typically, um, if a major tour announcement is about to happen, um, they they will usually do what they did this time in order to limit the amount of scalpers who will come in and buy like 20, 30, 50 uh, memberships just to gain access to the pre-sales. Um, what they've done in the past is they've limited the um, the uh, um, 
calendar period um, for that as well. In this particular case, um, what I find to be very, uh, very much interesting is that the people who um, still have an account in good standing, but who did not use their presale code. Um, so if you bought a membership three days ago um, um, and you were issued a presale code, you can use it. Um, but then again, all presale codes were removed. Um, uh, Matt, when was it? About a month and a half ago? Um, two months ago? So, yeah, it was a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so when that happened, I believe that anybody who would have uh, uh, joined in that time period probably won't be issued one. Um, there is always a little asterisk um, in the fine print on U2.com's um, uh, uh about page where where it says um, about the pre-sales and that it's it's not always a guarantee. So you have to take that into account. Just because they offer them doesn't mean that they always offer them or they have to offer them. They they have a little get out of jail free clause in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is and again, like Matt said, I think it's it's there's so many people who they have to try and please. I think they're doing the best way possible that they can. And uh, and we'll see what happens. And so- what I'm really surprised about is is that the whole venue isn't a ticketless system. That's that is the one thing that I'm really surprised about because the amount of scalping uh, uh, is going to be astronomical for for people who have physical tickets, and the risk of buying a fake ticket is going to jump exponentially for these shows. You thought it was insane in New York. Um, um, I'm really surprised that they're not doing ticket lists completely for um, the Ireland venues. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see back, I guess, next episode. Um, we'll have, right by then, we should know for a lot of folks as far as whether they're getting a ticket on the pre-sale and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would think so. Okay. I mean, it's, it's going to... I mean, tears. <laughs> That's right. We'll come and drown our sorrows next week on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's something about, I was just going to mention, I don't know if this is going too deep, too nerdy or whatever on this, but like talking about codes being loaded and codes on YouTube.com that people are talking about and going back and forth on. Is that something worth mentioning for fans and, and what sort of that means? Uh, yeah, there's, there, there's, um, um, if you're not a member of the, uh, band's website, um, when you join, typically they, um, if it's during a tour cycle, they will issue out, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a randomly generated code and it's normally like 16, 18, 20 digits. It's, it's, it's a whole mess of, of, of letters and numbers and, and, uh, and all that stuff. And so that code is, uh, um, has some programming behind it. Um, so that the, uh, Ticketmaster folks know that that's eligible for, uh, a total of two tickets or a total of four tickets or, or, or one ticket here and one ticket there. So whatever the rules are behind that particular ticket sale, that gets linked to that particular code. Once that code is used, it cannot be reused and their system can identify that. Right. So um, um, it's, 
it's it's also something where on this tour, and I've I, I wrote about it extensively back in uh, November and December of 2014 on at U2 um, about how the pre-sales worked, and that if um, if you lived in a house like I do, where my husband's a U2 fan, I'm a U2 fan, I have a U2.com membership, he has a U2.com membership, we both got a pre-sale code. Because we are happily married, we both have a joint account where uh, uh, where my credit card number is the same credit card number he has. My address is the same number is the same address he has. And so, if I were to buy tickets with my presale code, and I use use our credit card, I use my mailing address, and I get my tickets. Great. He goes into a different show. Or it could be the same show if he wants to bring along our kids, because we have two, um, and gets two tickets. What happened on this tour was, was one of those ticket orders got canceled automatically by Ticketmaster because it, it, it claimed that it was either a duplicate order or that you weren't adhering to the rules of the presale because um, um, you were only allowed a total of two tickets with that pre-sale code to the address with the credit card number that you had used. So that's when fans started realizing, oh, crap, uh, the tickets I thought I had, I don't. And now I don't have my pre-sale code because they've, uh, they've rescinded it. So the best uh, um, um, advice that we were given was uh, use a different credit card. <laughs> you, use a different mailing address. Um, um, don't be married to a U2 fan, you know? So, so, you know, those were some of the things that I wrote about. And if you go onto U2.com in their Zootopia area, there's a whole slew of stuff there. So, you know, for the limited number of people who still have active um, pre-sale codes, who this may impact, if you have a spouse who lives with you, um, um, do not use the same credit card for your tickets because you could run the risk of having your ticket order canceled. Um, um, y- use a different credit card um, um, if you happen to be in that situation, then you should be all set. So maybe find another spouse is what you're saying, right? Uh, or <laughs> um, <laughs> ask ask said spouse to move out for about a week or so, change the address, and then let him move back in after the concert. Sure. Right. <laughs> so yeah, at some point this week, we'll later this week, Friday-ish, uh, people will be finding out uh, Thursday, Friday of uh, what's going on. And uh, to quote uh, Christopher, fellow at U2 staff, uh, might hear some... Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> from Chris and others as they find out that they got tickets or I don't have a sound effect for tears. Uh, maybe... Um, it's really rude folks who don't get a ticket. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, the, uh, the one thing, other thing we want to talk about this episode is a, maybe a quick recap of the European tour opener and our thoughts sort of on that. We touched a bit on, on streets and it being changed a bit and, and the, that whole segment. But any other thoughts as you've uh, sort of listened to the streams anyways? It's been awesome, all the streams that have been popping up, Mixler and Periscopes and, and stuff that have been popping up. And if you're following the At YouTube Twitter account, you'll get notified of anything that we find as the show happens or before the show even happens uh, of shows. And, and I, I, for one, 
I didn't really tune in live to a lot of the live streams for some reason. I mean, maybe it was just timing of the other shows in North America, but it's been actually good. Like I'm working and I just can just tune into a live stream and while I'm making lunch or working or whatever and, and listen along. So, um, Matt, how about you? Any thoughts on how the tour has sort of changed or, or what your thoughts are on, on the tour opening in Europe? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, the, the, this, I think we did cover a bit of it earlier with uh, the, the talk about streets and how it uh, you know segues in from Bullet to Zeropa and, and that sort of stuff. I just I mean the thing that stands out for me is that uh, you, what Sherry said earlier is that it's I mean it's just very very heavy. This show is it seems you know even not you know even listening over the internet it's they're just I mean they are really really on message and hitting that message hard throughout the show. Ch- lyrics are being changed, you know, video screen, um, the speeches, you know, the changes in bullet. It's just, it's just, it's a heavy show. And, um, and I, you know, I want to get a chance to experience it. So it's, yeah, it's, I think, I think it's a heavier show than what we had in North America. The, the, it, it wasn't, you know, North America was, uh, seemed like a mix of a celebration with some of the heavy stuff, but this just seems for for me, and I could be wrong. You know, I'm not in the room, so in the room it may have be a different a different feeling. It just it just feels very heavy to me. How about you, Sherry? Yeah, there there's an urgency and an immediacy about the message that they are bringing, and I think that this is the um, the uh, combination of the world events, them being um, at. I mean it's literally ground zero in all these countries that they're going into. These governments are having to make major decisions about what's going on with the refugee crisis on, on almost an hourly basis. So for them, um, it's interesting because we were, uh, 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 hypothesizing a week ago, oh, are they going to talk about the um, Greek economy? Are we are we going to be looking at this type of thing? And and it was almost like um, um, even though the refugee crisis hasn't really been an overnight thing, but it was it it suddenly became world news. It suddenly became um, uh, very personal when when that that young little boy was was discovered on the beach you know where um 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 after after drowning with his family um there was a bit of um um urgency that that suddenly uh um we need to do something and we need to do something now and why isn't this getting the type of attention i remember saying to somebody um after night night 1 that it almost felt like Bill Carter was calling in from Sarajevo again. It it kind of had that feeling, you know, where where you were just stopped in your tracks. I wasn't expecting um, Zuropa, for example, to be a a uh, um, a cry of desperation. You know, it's such a a, um, a great song, a great fun kind of poppy um, um, elect- electro song, and the way that they've transformed it, it's it's a desperation um, uh, moment where where you know, what do you want? I <laughs> I want a home. I'm not dangerous. I'm in danger. Help me. Why isn't anybody helping me? And uh, that's something where if I'm going to a rock concert, I kind of want to forget about life for a while. And these guys are 
are taking it to to the next level to to get people to realize we need to change our perspective. We need to show humanity. We need to show mercy and grace and be welcoming. Um, and if there really is, uh, uh, rather, there are very few people who can garner the attention, uh, both in the media and in the minds and hearts of large groups. Um, um, in the way that you too can. There are very few musicians out there and very few artists who can um, basically slap the world in the face and say, wake up. So they are taking their, uh, their position um, very seriously. And with them also being European, I think that, that that adds additional weight. When the band is in the States, you've always got the naysayers saying, yeah, but you ain't from here. You're not American. Shut up. You know, what right do you have to tell us what to do, Mr. Bono? You know, so you've got that type of mentality. But in Europe, hey, they're part of the union. And so they have every right to get up on that soapbox just like everybody else. And um, they are using it to the fullest extent that they can. So it doesn't surprise me that they're doing what they're doing, but it certainly takes the air out of the room and, and, and it's a sobering moment. Yeah, I'm reminded of, uh, Matt, do you remember the name of uh, Bill Flanagan's book, the title? This is the, what stumped, we stumped ourselves in episode two, I think, of the podcast. But <laughs> You two at the end of the world. There you go. I had, I had it queued up. Winner! Just, yeah. Winner! <laughs> but it reminds me, I think in, in that, that book, the, there was a discussion about, like, during of that Zoo TV era, or Zuropa tour, where they, you know, like, the, seg- the segue of bringing Bill Carter in, and it's, like, depressing people, but we're also supposed to be at a rock show, and how do you balance that? And that's, uh, they, it seems like, again, we're not in the room, but it seems like from afar, anyways, it seems like they're doing a good job of balancing a bit of, like, you're going to get to have the fun party at, of being a U2 show, but we're going to also leave you with a bit of like maybe some nagging thoughts that after a few days are going to be ringing around your head that hopefully you take home and maybe take action on or do something about with. Um, so, yeah, exciting to see. Interesting to see, I guess, how this all continues to play out, of course. Um, so I think that's uh, that's good for the roundtable. We want to get to a few of the uh, Stump Matt questions before we end the show. <laughs> I think we're out of time, actually, Chris. So no, no, we'll be wrapping good. up now. Thanks, everyone, nope. for tuning in. And we'll see Where's you next week Matt's on the At YouTube switch. podcast. <laughs> we, <laughs> some of these... Uh, that did, did that, that not work? No, it didn't work. We're still going. Sorry, Matt. But um, I should have... Uh, how, come, how come you're the only one with access to the record and stop button? What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> Anyways, the... Uh, <laughs> Okay, a couple questions for the stump at you stump Matt. I was going to say stump at you too, but uh, I think the combined brain power of at you two staff would have no problem with these. But we'll single out Matt for this one. Yeah, why? What's what did I do to deserve this? Oh you started a website. I don't know. That's the I think the my yeah I know cross the bear. The uh, first one came in from Bibit Electric. Uh, easy question for Matt. She says, "What was the name of the official currency of Zoo TV?" And the answer is apparently in Matt's book. So yeah, zoo, uh, zoo. I don't know, zoo ecu or however you pronounce it. Right. right? Yeah. Zoo ecu or something like that. Right. That'll be my right answer and Oops. wrong answer. 
<laughs> get Bono as the bell. I think I have a few. I think I have a few of them over on my bookcase shelf somewhere. Do you? Oh, neat. Store. I think I do. There you go. I wonder if we can use them to buy merchandise on the tour. Someone <laughs> should try that just to see. I mean, you know, and live stream it. Yeah, yeah. somebody should do that. <laughs> Periscope it and just go up to the to the thing and just bring up the Zueku and try to buy something. That would be classic. Yeah. Listen, man, I don't need a lemon. I'm with the band. Anyways, uh, okay. Now we're getting into the Sherry segment of Stump uh, Stump Mass. <laughs> I didn't grab uh, all I do the Sherry's. Do you remember which one? I picked a few. You can. Oh, I've got them. I've got them. Okay. Um. So, um, Matt, is Edge really bald? Yes. Can you name all the members of U two in order of oldest to youngest? Adam, Bono, Edge, Larry. <sighs> Good job. Uh, Pint. In what documentary does Bono talk about new boots and panties? <laughs> <laughs> In what documentary doesn't he talk about that? <laughs> um, no, no, no. Wow, that sounds that sounds like outside it's America. Ah, oh, darn, good job. Pint. Okay, so who dies at the end of the "All I Want Is You" video? <laughs> Nobody. I don't know. No, that question has never been answered. Trick question, isn't it? It is a trick question. Pint. <laughs> we'll give you that one. Ah, darn. <laughs> um, who were the two football teams in the "Stuck in a Moment" video? Ooh, 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 that is a good one. They were the, um, oh, I can totally picture that scoreboard. It was one of them called the Flies. Gary? I don't know. Was it? Uh, so I'm asking you, is that right? The Flies? She's looking for both answers before she gives away the. Oh, well, whatever. It's really <laughs> rude. Um, I think one of them was the Flies and the other was the Lemons. Are you sure you want to go with that answer? Yes, I'll go with that answer. Pint. Pint. Get out of here. Really? Next time we'll have, uh, do you want to call a friend? or is it <laughs> <laughs> It's like talking to Regis. <laughs> okay, this is one. Was that the end of your list, Sherry? That's, uh, uh, that's all I have okay. right now. But I know that my husband submitted one. Oh, is that, I don't know who you're, um, at Mark Peterborough? No. no, 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 no. That would be at Caleb U2. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say that one for last. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark, thank you. Mark Peterborough asks, name all the vocalists that Edge has publicly performed where the streets have no name with. And I have no idea. This came in late, so I have no idea even what the answer would be to this exactly. Name all the vocalists that Edge has done streets with? Yeah. <laughs> Bono. Um, the guy, what's the guy? Uh, Matt Bellamy from Muse. And Tony from Unforgettable Fire. Ooh. <laughs> Did he do it with? They didn't do it with Chris Martin, did they? Like the, the New York. Uh, did gig? they? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, oh, wasn't with that? him. It was with Springsteen. Oh right. Did Spring? Did they do? They did streets at that. That the, you're talking about the thing in Times Square, right? Yeah, Springsteen. That was um um Springsteen's first first tune with them. He did. You're right. He did. Stage. So they did streets, and then still haven't found with Springsteen. Right. Karen in the chat room says she's got her pom poms out for you, Matt, cheering you on. So, <laughs> but oops, well, you got an oops on that one because I got well, I got what three out of four. Yeah, but we're looking for hundred percent. That's we can't accept anything less than perfect. <laughs> you're, Chris, you're obviously not familiar with the public school system in America, where hundred percent is not required to pass. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm familiar. My kids are in school now. They definitely don't uh, require. They cannot fail you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyways, we won't get into that discussion before. I'm sure this. Um, 
one last question, and then we'll get to Sherry. Well, I don't know how we'll do Sherry's husband's question, but uh, Bibbit Electric had a second one that I thought was kind of neat. After the 360 tour ended end party, a crew member took a cab, paid with U2 fake money, and got $2 of change. In what city did that happen? Oh, I never heard that story. Is that for real? I don't know. I'm taking uh, her account for, I guess, truth, because nobody would lie on the internet, especially on Twitter. So... <laughs> Um, no, that's a, I, I have no, no idea at all. I've never heard that story. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> should have, shouldn't have closed my soundboard. Oops. Uh, she says it was Montreal where it happened, where it went down. So I don't know how, okay. maybe there's, I don't know if that was a, maybe it was a commonly known story within the Montreal media or something that didn't make it bigger. Um, but I'd be curious if there's some follow-up linkage or whatever to an article or something that you can send in, um, That'd be awesome. Um, oh, she just tweeted me actually saying, yes, it's true. So, but, <laughs> um, all right. So Caleb U2's question, which I think we'll just have to maybe leave with Matt for homework. I'm not sure, but. Oh my God. Okay. Here we go. This but will, I don't get to ask you guys any questions. No, no. It's a stump Matt U2 question. It's not stump oh. Chris or Sherry questions. Why would we do that? <laughs> okay. So this is how we'll end 34, the Matt. 34. Anyway, go on. <laughs> YouTube has a concert that starts in 17 minutes, and they must all cross a bridge to get there. All four men begin on the same side of the bridge. You must help them across to the other side. It is night. There is one flashlight. A maximum of two people can cross at one time. Any party who crosses, either one or two people, must have the flashlight with them. The flash, we should say light bulb, not flashlight. The light bulb must be walked back and forth. It cannot be thrown, etc. Each band, band member walks at a different speed. A pair must walk together at the rate of the slower man's pace. Bono takes one minute to cross. Edge takes two minutes to cross. Adam takes five minutes to cross. Larry takes ten minutes to cross because Sherry keeps trying to get his autograph. For example, if Bono and Larry walk across first, ten minutes have elapsed when they get to the other side of the bridge. If Larry then returns with a flashlight, a total of 20 minutes have passed and you have failed the mission. Your goal is to get all the men across in 17 minutes or less. (laughs) <laughs> All right. got five two seconds. things. <laughs> two things. Number one, Sherry's husband Steve was just added to our staff list. I am removing him immediately. <laughs> Fired just like that. <laughs> Post haste. Number two, Bono and Edge walk across first. That brings the total to two minutes. Bono walks the flashlight back. That brings it to three minutes. Adam and Larry walk across, so now it's 13 minutes. Edge walks the, the flashlight back, so now we're up to 15 minutes. And then Edge and Bono walk across, bringing the answer to 17 minutes. Yeah. End of podcast. Drops the mic. Pint. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Bam, we need like some sort Did of theme t- music now. I know, we need something there. Let's, uh... Ladies and gentlemen, what can I say about these august men, these titans? I use that one. <laughs> well done. Well, did you? Thank you. You didn't cheat on the dock, did you? No, no, on the dock, no, not at all. <laughs> that, that's actually circulated for as long as At You 2 has been around. Okay. So I'm surprised he remembers that. <laughs> That I remember, I saw that I saw that teaser thing. That was I remember that on Wire from the mid nineties. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, I'm not even. That's how hardcore the at uh, U2 staff is. I I wasn't aware of the uh, history behind this question. <laughs> All right. So awesome. my so my tri- my trivia question is this. Oh. Tenterhook was the original name of what 1990s song that U2 worked on. Tenterhook. Sherry, I'm 
1990s song. What a 1990s song. Mm. I <laughs> I am not familiar with that. Do I have to answer that again? Yep. <laughs> um, so 1990s Tinterhook. I'm going to say numb. That's a good guess. Yeah, it was uh, some obscure song on Europa or something that was. I'll go with uh, just for the sake of something until the end of the world. No, no. Play your play your sound effect for no. You're wrong. Oops. <laughs> oops. Double oops. Okay, so everyone, when you're listening to this, go to at youtube.com slash news, which is our news page. That's where the little search box is there. Oh, this is like a link bait question. <laughs> you're just trying to get more traffic to your website. There's, the li- there's a little search box there. Type the word tenterhook in and click the search button. You'll get seven results. Scroll down to the July 1st, 1996 entry from Eno's Dear Diary in Propaganda, and you will learn that Tenterhook was the original name of Miss Sarajevo, of all things. Now, isn't that great information that you are going to sleep so well tonight knowing? (laughs) You know what, Matt? I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight, actually. Oh, gosh. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) That's awesome. And that is a good demo of the news and history and archives that are on at youtube.com which i'm sure has probably more history about the band than youtube.com does um in terms of- i will never forget that factoid again <laughs> mark my words there we go so in episode 200 of this podcast we'll put it to sherry and see if she still remembers that fact <laughs> all right well i think that's uh that brings us around about to the end of this podcast uh any final things we need to mention the next i had the window open the next concert is coming up on the 12th i believe am i right saturday i think saturday yeah so watch the at you two handle for live streams of some sorts i'm sure somebody will be doing something okay you can follow the twitter account for at you two at at you two on twitter of course and the facebook page is facebook.com slash at you two com the podcast you can find at goodstuff.fm slash at you two. Previous episodes are all there. If you put just put the episode number after this, that this is slash nine for this episode. So any links and things we discussed, there's actually a late breaking news. There's a Ticketmaster app for Ireland, a link in the show notes. We'll put that in there. If you want to try, you have to set up an Ireland store account and stuff and et cetera. But you can try your best to get that. And all the other stuff we talked about will be tr- linked from on that page. And uh, anything else? Oh, the asks. Hashtag ask at you too is where you can submit questions, comments, uh, future stump Matt questions if you want. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, and actually future topic ideas too. If there's things you're like, Hey, why don't they talk about blah, uh, whatever that might be, throw it on that hashtag. That's sort of the, a universal way of sending in things to the show and we'll pick it up and, and grab it and listen to it and, or talk about it and, and stuff on a future episode. Any final closing words, Matt and Sherry? I was just going to say I was just going to say good luck to everyone that uh, is trying for tickets for Ireland. That's all I want to close with. <laughs> yeah, that was what I was going to say as well. Best of luck and uh, don't feel so bad. About a million and a half others uh, uh, are in the same boat you are. Yeah, exactly. And some of us won't even be going. So there's always those of us who will just be at home celebrating with a pint of Guinness as we listen along to Matt's live stream, hopefully from inside the concert venue, but maybe outside the venue. <laughs> You're, you, I, I'm glad you're optimistic for me. It may end up being Sherry's live stream, though. <laughs> Somebody's live stream will be there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 
We'll see you next week. Remember, you can tune in live, like we said. Should be Wednesday nights around 10.30 Eastern, but follow the at YouTube Twitter account to find out when and where you can tune in live. And uh, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. That's a real Zoo TV moment.